Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. All right, hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Sage Advice Podcast. I am your host, Sin Sage. Hope you're all doing wonderfully out there. And today I've got a very wonderful guest. Uh, we've been friends for quite a few years at this point and made lots of smut together. So please welcome Lita Lecherous. Hello. <laughs> and we have you- been friends for a few years now. Yeah, That's it's been crazy. a while now. <laughs> Dude, time, time. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to have you sort of introduce yourself, uh, explain sort of what you do and who you are and all that. Okay. I am Lita Lecherous. I am a kinky and queer uh, porn creator. I'm a professional dominatrix who specializes in like online and in-person sessions. Um, I do a lot of extreme BDSM. Um, I've been AVN nominated like for East Bay Brats, which is a queer lesbian uh, kink collective film. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just here all around full-time sex worker, full-time dyed in the wool or sex worker, femdom, porn babe, cam babe, doing it all. <laughs> Hell yeah. Some of the best kind of sex working right there. Just a, a nice big um, <laughs> swath of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. You're now, let's see, you're, you're based in Vegas again. Mm-hmm. And it does feel like if you're if you're ready to talk about it, um, mm-hmm. there was a moment there, like you were doing your sex work and you were living that life, and then you met someone, and it feels like you kind of were like, well, maybe I want to try something else with my life for a minute. Yeah, can you talk I... about that a little bit? Because I feel like that's something a lot of sex workers encounter, maybe once or maybe at various points in their career. Uh, my, my, one of my mentors calls it the crossroads, which is like, she says you come to it at different points. And there have been other points where I've, and I know like Chelsea Poe has shared about it too. Like there have been a few times Mm -hmm. where I've been like, fuck this. I don't want to do this anymore. Or like, maybe I'll just quit. But like, I never, I never ended up quitting. Um, I met someone and I always was really and like honor student growing up, but I never got to go to college. Um, It was kind of taken from me. So I guess when I had this opportunity of like, I'm going to go try this relationship, I'm not going to have to pay rent. I kind of wanted to try something new and starting over. So I made a decision that I was going to take a little break. Um, I did real estate for a little bit and I did not like Mm it. (laughs) I never really stopped a hundred percent like I stopped doing in person but I was still doing like phone 
in private cam and like making clips like um, on some online some online stuff but you just yeah. weren't like fully invested i kind of pulled out for a little bit and went mm-hmm. hard in in the real estate thing but i fucking hated it and it literally yeah. was like i felt like i was doing the same thing but i wasn't enjoying it like i still had to go and deal with time wasters and asking people to use my services and Mm -hmm. working for free a lot and driving everywhere and meeting people I don't know in fucking vacant houses by myself. Right. So like I like for free (laughs) and I wasn't enjoying it was the main thing. So I was like, okay, I don't like this. And then of course that relationship just didn't work out. I wish I would not have done it, but there's also other things like it was kind of nice to take a step out and see that this is what I wanted to do. Cause I think I Uh felt, I think there was a part of me that felt like this is all I can do. Yes. And like, that's not true. I can do whatever right. I want. I want to be uh, here. Yeah. So yes, <laughs> that's yes, kind of what gosh. that was like. It was a little depressing, yeah. but it was like important to see it from like the outside. Exactly. And that's, that's something I think too, like, I mean, I know it's, it's, you know, it's natural to say like, I kind of wish I hadn't done that, but at the same time, you know, I think a really good way of looking at it is like, you kind of had to, right? Like you had to see, you had to take this sort of chance and be like, I need to know what's right for me. And I won't know until I like try this other thing. And, and what it did was like, it gave you that personal knowledge, right? So it's, it's really valuable in that sense, because, you know, moving forward, when those little sort of questiony things pop up, you're like, wait, 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 though, but I tried this. I know what it's like on the other side now. Yeah. Yeah. And it just goes back to that whole thing of, you know, all labor being exploitation when you live under the system of capitalism. All of it is exploitation. All of it. It is so crazy. And I would rather do something that I enjoy and have more freedom. Yes. Then I can't do it. I mean, I can, I just don't want to. I don't want to. Yeah, no, it's exactly that too. Yeah, (laughs) for sure. And I, I do, I remember a point too, where like, um, I'm sure I've talked about this before, but, you know, just for myself, like I remember being, it was, you know, maybe 2012 or 13 and uh, Pornhub was just like in its freaking heyday and I just was not getting bookings and I had yet to like start creating my own content and all that stuff. And I was just trying to do cam and, um, but it was like keeping me up at night. I was like, what if this is sort of like the crash and burn of my career? What am I going to do? And then I had that same feeling like this is literally all I know how to do as far as like experience and being trained and, and those types of things. Like I have nothing like I know I can do anything, but I have no like certifications or diplomas or whatever to like qualify me for other things. And I was just very much feeling I need to know I need to have some kind of trade besides just like being naked and sexy. <laughs> Um, so I get that feeling, you know, and that that's when I went to massage school. And luckily, like, as far as having the experience, um, you know, there's there's crossover there without like, mm-hmm. ter- like massage is not sex work, period. End of story. But like working with human beings on this sort of like empathetic level um, and things like that. And also the freedom 
of making your own schedule again and um, being able to go to school and still work. Like mm-hmm. it, it was just a really great thing. And so that was nice to have. And it was, and it's nice that like now that's a thing I can do with my hands. I don't need much else, but then, you know, I tried to do have my own little business for a while, but it was always more just like a side thing. Like I, the amount I would have to work to be able to sustain a living is just a lot. <laughs> and so to like, to see that, you know, it's, 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 if you haven't done it before to have that experience where you're like, oh, I see. And then be like, now I'm making this more knowledgeable choice of like, no, yeah. and I still choose sex work for all of these reasons, you know? So I think it's important. There was a time in my early 20s where very much I was feeling a lot of that sort of like societal pressure more. Yes. Like not wanting to disappoint people in my life or uh, feeling the judgment of, well, this isn't a real job. And what are you going to do when you're when you can't do this anymore? Man, all that shit. It like gets into your head. And I was trying and I was like living with my parents again, like had moved back in with my parents, like got these shitty little like bartending jobs that, I mean, it was the middle of nowhere. I did not make money. I was struggling and I couldn't get ahead. And then I, I went to the strip. I was like, fuck this. I'm going back to the strip club. I went three nights and I had enough for a down payment for my own place uh, to rent. So I was just like, what am, what am I doing? Why am I trying to conform my life to what other people want for me, like this is mine. And, and that was the thing that too, it's like seeing that, like doing that just to see. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, okay, now I know, right. This is what I hear about real estate too. Like, I think a lot of people do go from sex industry into real estate, but I feel like these part, these things that I was hearing about with regards to it, it's like, you have to put on your business casual it's outfit. Expensive and you it's, have to pay for licensing. I'm still paying off the fees just so you guys know, like I sold <laughs> one, I sold one house um, and I'm still paying off the fees. It's like wow. four more payments. Oh my gosh. And I'm not renewing my license because it's so expensive and there's no point in me having it if I can't use it where I'm at. So it's just, I, it's fine. It was a lesson. I'm glad I did it, but yeah, no, it's really hard, very hard work, but yeah, all this hard work and you don't even get paid. I mean, you have to like go to the office five days a week at like eight o'clock in the morning, looking all business cash, and then you make no money until you make a sale. Yep, basically. It's horrible. it's insane to me. Like, <laughs> like it's bad enough to go to an eight to five or whatever for like an office job, but then to do it and also not get paid. I'm like, this is yeah. Oh, so rough. But a good, a good experience, a good um learning experience on several levels. I mean, I think probably you've found, you came closer to yourself through that. It sounds like, right? Yeah. I mean, I was good at it. I was doing it. I wasn't like sucking. Like I came in and like, I did it for, I did it for three months. I couldn't three or four months, but like I had several leads and I had yeah, client, I had clients and I had like within the to close a deal within the first three months. Yeah, that's huge. I'm sorry, yeah. but like, uh, yeah, I did yeah, that because Hell I hustled, yeah. but I fucking hated mm-hmm. it and it was miserable. And I was like, oh, my God, I, I can do this, but like, I don't want to do this. Totally. It's like I miss 
I'm just getting paid to be hot, essentially. Yes, yeah. It feels different, so it does. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So yeah, you came back to Vegas, and um, yeah, sounds like you're already you got your place in the works. And yep, I just going. got my apartment. So like anybody, this isn't gonna come out till September, but gotta get the <laughs> wish list together. Yeah, absolutely. Get all my stuff. It's two bedrooms. And I'm so honored to have a space that like I can close the door like from my work because I used yeah. to not have that. And that was something that I really was like non-negotiable for me because as a like I feel like as a sex worker and it's I feel like it's so specific to us because this job does take on a part of your identity. Oh, yeah. And it can like consume you at different times of your life, I feel. Yeah. Because there's no way around it. Like you make mm -hmm. friends in the industry, your oh, yeah. hobbies, you like, you start seeing spaces outside of the industry as not really safe or welcoming because you start, no you become, you become aware of the whore phobia and the things oh, yeah. in those spaces. So then those spaces become like closed off to you. So then you're just around the industry a lot, which isn't a bad thing. It just can become mm -hmm. like, I only have like, I think, I think I only have one friend in Vegas that like, isn't a sex worker, like one person, maybe. Yeah, no, I don't think um, I knew anyone. I don't think I was yeah, friends with and anyone. I, and, and I met them through someone else and they still are in the burlesque industry, which is not necessarily but it's adjacent so like mm -hmm. they're not Fringe. in the, so they're around naked women anyway so they're not the kind of person that's gonna be like weird yeah so, so you you get all this pressure and you get all this like so it's just good to have that space of like i'm closing the door this is in here this is where my workspace is yeah so i'm just really yeah. grateful for that and excited but it does start to take on like your identity a little bit it can be hard but i've been like really prioritizing time off yes and not answering my phone at certain times yep and setting aside time to post content rather than like just doing it by the seat of my pants because it's like it's hard and i'm not perfect but those little things they give you space to like just be yourself yes so yes and I mean, I think that's like an important conversation too, because there is just so much intersectionality of being like on the fringes, being like part of a marginalized group, whether that's woman, whether that's queer, whether that's sex worker, like these are things that be, that, you know, they very much are a part of our identity. Like, you know, I didn't choose queerness. I chose sex work, but both of those things are so entrenched, like the fabric of my being, like they, like they make up who I am as a, as a human for sure. But to, I mean, it's basically like the self-care thing, you know, that, yeah, you have to make these like separate spaces and you have to remember to like put down the sex work phone for a minute and like, you know, just read a book or like go for a walk or go play, um, for me, it's disc golf, you know, or like you play disc golf. Oh, I yeah, play, I, I gave them the computer, so I'm ready to like, I haven't played yeah. in a few weeks. That's kind of one of the reasons I stopped kind of game. Like I used to want to game 
on cam but it like Mm -hmm. I like gaming and so it like became this thing where I was like now I'm working exactly and I'm gaming Mm -hmm. and like I don't need to do this so it's like every once in a while if it's something that sounds fun to me I'll do like a game stream but that's just something that like I've learned that not everything needs to be like work monetized like yeah sometimes I can just do something and it's fine (laughs) exactly and it it just it can be hard it can be hard to keep that in mind and I think for everyone it is something that I've like seen a lot though read a lot about when you know now so many people work from home or have their own businesses like not just sex work and you see like people talk about have a separate space that you can close the door and now you're not at work anymore. And so that's just like pervasive, you know, not just for sex workers and the type of work that we do. Yeah. It really just, it, it just makes a difference. Like I used to have my yeah. stuff all in my space and you can say however many times I'm going to clean it up when I'm done. It doesn't matter. You get so tired of it. Yes. So <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. But I'm glad to be back in Vegas. Yeah. So. I know. It's just such a great support system there. Like just so many people who understand you, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's nice to have that. What was the first time that you became aware of sexual entertainment? Like you stumbled across some porn mm. or. I'll tell, I'll tell you, but it's a little, so like, because I, I bloomed very early privately Mm -hmm. I never had any bad experiences like I want to be clear about that like I'm very fortunate in my life I've never had an adult cross a boundary or like been put in a situation when I was so it's like nothing like that I just bloomed really early and I was very Mm -hmm. curious from early on um and I don't really think that like I was I was getting off to a bunch of stuff I and it wasn't porn necessarily it would be Mm -hmm. like erotic type things in movies like not even nudity and Mm -hmm. and then I think then the internet started to come along and because I was born in 93 so okay the around 2003 2006 to 2010 I started getting on the internet and like that was so whoa because <laughs> I was getting into things I should not have been getting into, but it's fine. It's okay. It's cool. We're good. Yeah. Nothing bad ever happened to me, thankfully. Yes. Yes. Um, but like, Same. yeah, the internet is still a dirty ass hole of a place, but it was like, <laughs> it was like different. Like you could see so many things and like, you could just talk to so many people. You never really knew who you were talking to because there wasn't like, I mean, Facebook and MySpace were like a thing, but MySpace, it was so easy to be like fake on there and Facebook and stuff wasn't around. There was like no way to even really know who you were talking to unless you like cammed with someone. And so I would go on these like weird little anime forums and I would like (laughs) cyber sex in the anime forum. (laughs) yes girl yes in the fucking in the old we're talking the old school forum where you public reply and it's like a (laughs) lit 
yeah, I remember. And then, and then I think I ended up talking on one of those internet things. I connected with someone who was obviously like a dude who was into porn, and he sent mm-hmm. me something because that's what you do when you're teenagers. You send each other stuff. And I clicked on it, and it was XNXX, which is still an active, like they're like a yep. tube site and a sex story site. And I went on there. Can I started my stolen content on there. Yeah, <laughs> I try to get ahead of it, but it's so hard. It's um, impossible. Just, it's yeah. impossible with especially. But I started going on there, and I wasn't really interested in videos. Like I wasn't interested in really seeing sex. Like, simulated between, like, a person with a penis and a person with a vagina. Yeah. So, like, I would go to their photo section and I would just look at naked ladies. <laughs> yeah. Like, I would just get off to, like, naked ladies. And then and then mm-hmm. eventually I, like, started going to their sex story. So that mm-hmm. was where I really was, like, holy shit. Because, and I think you and I have talked about this in our, like, when we were hanging out was, like... Mm-hmm erotica is so different because it's like no holds barred like they can just write it's like yeah and i love and i loved to read as like you know growing up so it was like Mm -hmm. i was just like reading porn and that was yeah and like it used to be so wild west on the sex stories on there like you could now they monitor it a little more and i roll my eyes because i'm like yeah i don't think that and again, I don't think that everything is like bad. I think it's okay to have pretend and fantasy and like it to just be a fantasy. So it like is. fantasy I, doesn't hurt anyone. Yeah, fantasy doesn't hurt anyone. So like I was going on there and that was like kind of my thing. And then I don't know at what point. So it was kind of gradual. It was like I was interested. I was looking at movies that were had kind of adult scenes in it and mostly women mm-hmm. and I was looking yeah. at it was cybering which was text which is still words mm-hmm. it's not even photos yeah i was looking at naked women and then i was reading text again <laughs> <laughs> and now i don't really read erotica as much sometimes i actually mm-hmm. do it's very nice but um yeah that's kind of where and then if at some point i started watching videos but i could not tell you when like Mm-hmm. I think the first videos I saw besides on there were like I would see things uh, late at night on cable but yeah. it, I don't remember at what point I started watching videos but I I'm not when I watch porn I'm always looking at the woman like I like yeah. guys and I like dick and that's cool but like I'm mostly looking at the at the femme or like the queer mm-hmm. person I'm not really and I do like to watch POV porn because mm-hmm. I like pretending like I'm fucking the person yeah and mm-hmm. I wish that there was and I should probably make some but I wish that there was more like kind of queer POV porn or just POV porn mm. that wasn't specific to like I'm fucking a dude right like a cis, like a cis dude like yes. it could just be like I'm having sex with a person POV with like a dick yes. maybe it's a real dick maybe it's yes. not maybe it's a guy's yes. dick because yes. then like but I yeah so that's that's that was a long-winded answer but so eventually I made it to videos <laughs> yeah yeah, well, I mean, you got to think, you know, like I was, uh, I was born in 83. So I was doing the same oh, wow. things just like at a way previous time when like, <clears throat> like when I was having those chats, 
on like they were called message boards. Was it AOL? Oh, this was even like oh, this was that. before before. <laughs> it's so funny because I hear about things like that. Like my friend Brutal Master, I shoot with him a lot, and he literally mm-hmm. started out in like the early. 20 years so 20 years would be 20 or 25 years okay yeah. so like the the 2010 2000s and he yeah. started out on a message board he literally he was a personal like that's that was how he would play and he posted yeah. some crazy thing that was like a stapling and he just posted oh, it to yeah. a message board Ooh. and everyone was like what the fuck and so then he just started making porn but like he started out wow. in that og like I'm yes. just going to post a picture of my slave's vagina or my right. vagina, like on mm-hmm. the internet and see what people think. Yeah. And, like the internet is so, so cool. I think it's cool. I don't know. No, no. I mean, the internet is just like the ultimate double-edged sword because on the one side, it's like this amazing things, these connections, these movements, this, I mean, the, just the education, being able to be like, you know, a lot of people pre-internet are just like, I thought I was the only queer person in the world. Mm-hmm. And it's like, now you, it's hard to think that unless, you know, you're kind of, which as a lot of people are raised in like a religious cult or something like that, you know, but if you are able to access the internet, you will know you're not alone. Um, and all those things are beautiful and wonderful. Uh, but then also at the same time, it's like destroying democracy. No, <laughs> And there's... And there's things on the internet that I don't allow myself to watch, like the little TikTok rabbit holes about how people can find your, because I'm like, listen, I do the best I can. If somebody yeah. wants, if somebody's going to find me, I don't know what to, I don't know there's, what to say. Like, yeah, I do, I do really well, but I can't sit here and be paranoid about everything. No. All the time. The, <laughs> yes. And, and honestly, shit was like, it. if I get too much news, Mm-hmm. It makes me so depressed. Like, ang- like it I, makes me anxious. It makes so it's just it's two sides of the same coin. Well, I right? feel like it does the same. I feel like they're both related to the same thing because it's like Absolutely. I'll get depressed, but I will respond to my depression in a way that's like panic. Like, oh my fucking god, we're yes. all doomed. We're all gonna die. Ah. <laughs> and I mean, I think that that's my nihilist in me that I'm just yeah. like well, I, I already think that. <laughs> And I already know that I'm going to die, but it's just more just like, well, you know, so I'm I'm able to be an optimistic nihilist most of the time. I can be like, yeah, yeah, we're all going to die, but it's fine. Like, it doesn't matter. It's fine. That's just the way that it is. Right. But then. But while I'm here, I have to participate. Like. Yes, exactly. That's That's what optimistic nihilism is about. And I have my moments where I'm just like, this fucking (laughs) sucks, man. Like, what the hell? Yes. But then I'm trying to, I use it to try to fuel me where I'm like, okay, well, what's the worst that could happen then? I'm just going to live my life. Yes. That's what I mean. No, for sure. And. And the, like, but it is, but it is that thing, especially nowadays, right? When it, there's so much like queer hatred and, and vilification and stuff. And like, yeah, uh, if I pay too much attention to that shit and same thing with politics, I mean, it is politics, but like, even if we're not even talking about like the queer issues and all that stuff, we're like literally just talking about the cycle, the news cycle and all that stuff. I'm just, if I get, if I let myself get too drawn in because it is 
see, that's social media. It works. It's fine tuned to fuck with our brains, like the way our brains react to things. And if I let myself get too sucked into that and being interested in like, oh, what's Trump saying now? Like, what's the next thing? You know, I can't. Then it it makes me depressed. Like, I just, I'm like, now I'm not happy. I just want to give up. It makes me question, like, I don't know, because my whole thing is, like, I can't, I can only do what I can do. Exactly. Every day, every little day. And, like, I used to be so chronically online, like, with the the politics and, like, Mm -hmm. the hate shit. And, and like, like arguing with people or just okay <sighs> side note i don't want to like mm-hmm. it's fine i'll say it because i will stand i stand by what i say and that's fine get mad but like the drama just i'm talking like this job doesn't have to be that hard i'm not talking about predators mm-hmm. fuck that shit call that shit out i'm talking mm-hmm. like all this other little shit, like these yes. little petty fights and these yes. disagreements and this person got this booking or I hate her cause she's blonde and big titties and I'm not blonde and big titties. And like, or like this client won't stop texting. And I'm like, just block the client, mute the blonde girl, get mm-hmm. on with your day. Yes. The whole chronic, like the internet it has become, mm-hmm. and I do it. Like I talk shit sometimes, but I don't, of course. I, I don't allow myself to do those. I used to be so, and I see other people Same. doing it and I'm like, that's fine. Yeah. You can do it. But like, mm-hmm. I just, I'm like, dude, this job, I feel like if you can come into it and you can not get caught up in that stuff, yeah. like, and you can just learn to mute people and kind of mm-hmm. keep to yourself and kind of just read people quietly. Mm-hmm. It's or like it's like not every single thing that you see and have an emotion about requires you don't need your to say response. it. Like yes, I can't tell exactly. you how many times I've been on set or just like in the room with someone and they're just running, they're just da, 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 and I'm just sitting over there like listening, taking it in, and I'm hearing what they're saying. And mm-hmm. I'm thinking in my head, like, I cannot believe this is coming out of this person's mouth. <laughs> but as long as it doesn't cross a boundary or like sure. it need, require immediate attention, mm-hmm. I'm just gonna let them run their mouth and just take note. Cause like, what good is it gonna do me? Like, exactly. I don't Except wanna get worked in a fight up with you. So, totally. Like, Unless and, uh, you're my and, friend, then I'll tell you, like, yeah, hey, dude, you, of sound, like, you sound kind of like an idiot. You should stop because <laughs> like, I care about you. Yes, much appreciated. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, it, it's – and the other thing that I do when I'm taking note of that is I'm like, hmm, okay, so I think probably I don't want to work with this person. Or I'll be like, cannot trust this person. So maybe we can work together, but, like, I need to keep you here, you know, like arm's length. And that's just from me seeing some stuff like on Twitter and I'm just yeah. like, whoa, that's okay. So I just like, I can work with you, but like, we cannot get involved. You know yeah. what I mean? Because I see these things sometimes where it's like, where it's like, I can see that you are behaving this way at all these other people. Yes. And if I let myself like get to be in more of a friendship style with it you, will like affect- soon enough, 
I will be that person. Yeah, I'm like, as long as you're not like hurting people, then we're cool. If I don't like you, totally. or you don't like me, I don't, and I don't hurt people. So if if, yeah. you, if someone ever, if anybody ever has a little disagreement with me, just tell me, and I'll usually be. I know. It's like just tell me. I would rather just get it out of the way. Like yes. But my yes. whole thing is like the internet is so good and it's so great. Like so many people see my stuff and. Oh, I get yeah. to see so many cool things, but then I'm like, I try to give myself a break because I used to be so into the like stewing, but I can't do it anymore. Mm. I got to just focus yeah. on. I'm like, I'm getting old. I'm not getting old, but <laughs> I'm like, I just got to focus like, on Hi. you get tired. <laughs> you get so tired of it. Well, you're getting older. I mean, we're yeah. all, every single one of us is getting older every freaking day. And as that happens, you start noticing more things about yourself and what you need and, and what's healthy for you and, and what's not. And hopefully try to work with that. Like, yeah. have you found something that's been helpful for you to sort of keep that boundary for yourself because sometimes it's it's hard it's challenging i find like occasionally if i can focus on mindfulness it's helpful but sometimes you i get too busy for that like, the boundary of like not engaging with people <laughs> that when it doesn't need to happen yeah or like getting sucked up into the news yeah, cycle or all these things happens sometimes like i'm not perfect and i still have my days where i like Same. pop off at somebody and i'm like go even fuck fucking eat my ass from the back bitch like fuck you yes and it's like it's fine it's cool it's whatever it's fine i don't do it all the time and i try to just it's hard like yeah i try to just if i'm starting to feel a certain way like really anxious i kind of will just like give myself a second mm -hmm. and put put whatever i'm doing down and kind of just close my eyes and think about like okay why am i feeling anxious like since I stopped yeah. vaping, since I stopped vaping nicotine, my anxiety went down a lot. Like, oh my gosh, that's, that's how I know. Like, that's that's the only way I could describe when I really noticed it is like I would start paying attention to how I was feeling after I vaped. So like, I kind of pay attention wow. to how I feel, mm -hmm. and and if I do fuck up, I know how it feels, which is like, oh no, I fucked up. That feels right. so bad. Like. And I'm talking like putting even putting just like my foot in my mouth. Like I'm that person that'll yeah. come up to you and like you probably aren't even thinking about whatever. I'm over here being like, I said that and I will come <laughs> up to you and be like, I'm sorry I said that. I didn't mean it. And it's but other than that, and I'll I just, be like, oh, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> so I, <laughs> yeah. just, I just try to be mindful of it. But I do. And if I fuck up, like if I'm wrong, then I'll apologize, but I stand. Yeah. I try to stand by what I say. If I say something, mm -hmm. and if I can't stand by it, then I will retract it and be like, "I apologize." But like, right. I I try to just think about. And here's my thing: I used to not be this way, but I am now. I'm I'm about I'm about the money. I'm about the money, and I'm sorry when clients go to your page, they need to see titties and ass or whatever you're posting. Mm -hmm. They need to see that you're available or what you're yeah. working on. And like, it's cool to see like a little bit of your life. But like the last thing I want is for like a potential client, especially because like I do interact with my clients directly or my yeah. fans, and, sorry, clients, right. fans, 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 clients. Yeah. I call them both. Yeah, um, but like I interact with them in a way that is more personal than just selling mm -hmm. videos. So like to me, yeah. it yeah. So it is important to me that 
again, as you get older, like when I was younger, I would have been like, fuck that. I don't want any fucking person who likes Trump buying my... And now I'm like, you know what? I don't need to talk about anything about like what I believe or what I don't or like my gender identity, like with my fans, like what, like that's just me personally, like private stuff that feels private to me or things that like, I also don't want to ostracize people. Like, yeah, I am about that bag and I'm sorry. Like as long as the person is respectful to me, like I'm going to allow them to see me. Like if they're safe and they're respectful and Mm -hmm. So I just try to remember, like, I'm about that bag. I don't want people, like, right. I don't want to pop off and have, like, the wrong person happen to see it. Yeah, I get that. I think that's something that, like, every person has to decide for themselves. And I don't mm-hmm. I don't denigrate anyone for making whatever, p- taking whatever position on that. that yeah, no. To. I follow tons of people that do, and I, I'll like your posts and be like, fuck yeah, right. like, engage with mm-hmm. it and re- but like yeah I just can't anymore I feel like it just sucks my energy yeah and it's that too like I've definitely you know I might retweet like a queer trans rights thing from time to time Mm -hmm. or like a petition or something but it's the same basically what I noticed about Twitter and this is even before before the great the great shift so weird now (laughs) yeah it's way worse now but even before then I was just like this is I just started to notice this is unhealthy for me personally on a personal level, like not since age, like, you know, um, Rachel, this is, this is bad for you, (laughs) you know? And and again, it's that like poison in my mind. It's that poison into like my mental health. Like, and just when I, I really came to this realization that it's basically like bashing your head against the wall, like at this point in 2022, 23, like, you are not going to convince anyone on Twitter about your point of view. It's just not going to happen. And so I still do feel this like, like responsibility to use my platform in a way that, you know, my, my big crusade is, um, you know, just queer rights. That's Mm -hmm. the thing I've like hung my hat to. Um, But and sex worker rights too. Yeah. But it's just like when I see someone on there, like you whores don't know anything and you're all uneducated losers, like blah, blah, whatever it might be. I'm not going to be able to, in like the 240 characters or what a thread or whatever, I'm never over the internet going to be able to explain no. to this person like the and they validity of sex labor like and they don't care and like, no they, they just want to be angry they want to feel good about themselves they want, but others down. they want you to respond so it's like exactly. they're getting what they want and i still yes. do it and it makes me feel i do it too from time weird, to time but, but like it's just it's better to not I just, <laughs> i'm trying yeah, to not <laughs> i just want to have a good time i just want to hang out with my friends and get my money and yeah make i like i've i've slowed down with filming i'm only filming mm-hmm. stuff that i really like want to film and so i'm yeah. just trying to like not like i'm i'm trying to just keep to my side of the street and like just yeah. not look at what other people are doing and not mm-hmm. talk about Same. my business with everyone just because i don't really care about your opinion <laughs> so right. like in my mind, like when someone tells me their business, they want me. Mm-hmm. It's just like I just I don't tell people my business unless I care what they think. And yeah, I'm yeah, just in, I'm just in a whole nother chapter of life. It right sounds now. really good. Like I'm so happy for you. It's starting to feel better. 
Yeah. I, uh, but it it has been really good. Like I filmed a scene the other day with Sydney Screams and it was something that I yeah. wanted that I wanted to film mm-hmm. and I and it looks really good and it it fit a niche that will sell for me. And like mm-hmm. I think that that's something that I started prioritizing is like just really figuring out what sells for me and what I enjoy yeah. making rather than like kind of trying to pump out content and film a bunch of different stuff mm-hmm. and so I've just tried to just kind of be more be more mindful with my filming yeah. Yeah. and my time and like f- focus on your branding kind of mm-hmm. and like your sort of long-term goals with that yeah so uh but can we talk about your sexual and gender identity yeah we can yeah little, we can my little baby podcast um <laughs> yeah we can talk about we can talk about whatever i just don't yeah i don't post a lot of stuff all the time because i just got tired of arguing with people yeah because like, no. it's just people are just rude but here no one can argue yes, with they me. Are. bitches you have to listen that's right <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, I'd love to hear about sort of like when and how you came to discover like oh, your gosh. sexual identity. Same thing with your gender identity and how that plays out to this day. Well, I never <laughs> so I did grow up with a home with a homophobic parent. But mm-hmm. by the time that the homophobia c- came out. Like by the time that he ever told us like, oh, being gay is bad. Uh And like, this is what being gay is. I had already kind of like, no one had ever told me that anything about how relationships were quote unquote supposed to work. So like, I always liked girls and I always liked boys and I never really thought anything of it. Um, And so when he when that finally was like a thing that was brought into the household of like being Mm -hmm. gay is bad. And I think it was one of those things where like my little brother said something about it because he was curious because he had heard something at school. And so then it was kind of just shot back to us. And then I kind of was just sitting there being like, oh, okay, that's cool, I guess. Because I like pieced it together. And I was fairly Mm. young when that happened. But I it didn't really stop me from doing anything like my parents were so afraid of me being gay that like I'm I'm laughing because like I am the I'm not I'm not like lying I never got in trouble I never like drank or did drugs or like did anything crazy growing up like Mm -hmm. I got really good grades I think I got like an F once and it was because of some stupid shit where like I didn't finish reading a book it was fine like Mm -hmm. so yeah it was like not a big deal so like I was a fairly good kid well I when I got into high school I did start really getting into like boys and girls and like dating Mm -hmm. and my my parents and I got really emo like I became really emo in middle school and then in high school I like started sneaking around and like having sex and doing stuff that but I but other than that I was a good kid and so like I wasn't doing anything wrong but Mm -hmm. my parents and I grew up with a narcissist not my mom Mm. but like so so like 
So, like, that person had an idea of constantly, like, needing to know what I was doing. And I think that that really amplified it. Like, I look back on it and I don't really think it had anything to do with me. Like, I don't think I was, I don't think I was giving any indicators that, like, I was a bad kid. Um, So, yeah, I think I was just in a situation where this person had a lot of issues going on around homophobia and, like, control issues. And so I kind of was thrown into that. And so I kind of was quiet about it. I would sneak around. Um, I had a few girlfriends. I had a lot of different boyfriends. I got caught sneaking around a few times. So, I mean, I was like, I was very open. So did you have like a coming out moment with your family or was you just kept it a secret until you were out of the house? I told my mom my, I told my sister first because my sister was close enough in age to me yeah. that she was going to be in high school overlapping with me. Same time, yeah. So I, I like, so mm-hmm. I like told her and I was like, hey, can you be cool? And she's like, and then now like my sister is also queer, so like it's fine. Yeah. But like she, I had to tell her because I didn't, I like wanted her to like keep it quiet. And yeah, not, not that exactly. she would have, but you never know. Like, so- totally. Yeah, like, no, I mean, okay, so here's a funny story about how scared they were that I was going to be gay. So, like, (laughs) I had this, I was friends with this girl, and she lived down the street, and, like, we became really good friends really fast, but her mom was fucking psychotic, like, psychotic. So, like, Mm -hmm. and her mom was really weird, and... I think her brother, who was my age, for some reason, told her mom that, like, I was bi- and so her mm-hmm. mom, her mom called my dad. This is so like drama. Like he said, yeah. she said, and then her mom, yeah. her mom called my dad and like told my dad. And I hear him on the phone and I'm like mortified. Oh I'm like mortified about it. And yeah. he just goes, my daughter would never da 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 and like got off oh the phone God. and was like you're not ever allowed to hang out with them again and i was just laughing i was sad because i was like god damn it but then i was laughing yeah. because i was like my parents are so afraid of me being gay that like <laughs> there were several times there were several times where it was very obvious like we're talking like i got walked in on while my hand was like covered in blood under a blanket at from, one like, point. from like from like a I, girl I on her period or under a blanket and she was on her period and we and like my freaking dad <laughs> and i was just like fucking literally my heart i thought i was gonna die that day wow <laughs> oh my so, gosh like, it was weird because it was kind of this thing where like every so often my mom would look at me and be like you're not gay are you and i would be like no what are you talking about and then <laughs> And then as I got older and I really did talk to my mom about it, she's like, I feel mm-hmm. really, she she apologized. And she's like, I feel really bad because like I'm bi and like I never got, oh. like I was bullied and I shouldn't have done that. Yeah, my oh, mom's wow. really cool. She knows I'm a sex worker too. She's so funny. She like, she's so funny. I love my mom. I've been educating her a lot on like mm-hmm. stuff. Um, but yep. we were, when I lived in Oakland, she came to visit me and we walked by this homeless, she's a homeless woman and my mom, she's not perfect. <laughs> um, she like, we're walking by and my mom kind of like makes a, makes a joke 
about mm-hmm. like her being a crack whore. Right. And if, if sorry if I offend anyone, I am a well, whore, so I'm allowed mom, to use that so. word. But yeah, my mom yes, used exactly. it. Yes, so, um, exactly. So like she she said it and whatever, and I didn't really say anything. But then she calls me like for like like a week later. Mm-hmm. And she calls me and she's like, I have to apologize. I have to tell you something. So immediately I'm like, what is wrong? Like, yeah, it sounds serious. And she's like, I have to apologize to you. I did something. And I was like, what did you do? And she's like, that day and we were walking on the street. Yeah. (laughs) She's so funny. This is her voice. That day and we were walking on the street and I saw that woman. (laughs) And I shouldn't have called her a crack whore. And I feel so bad about it. And I and I immediately felt so bad about it. And I felt, she goes, I Aww. felt like if I had just said the N-word in front of a black person. Because, like, oh, my God. Because my mom is, like, so serious. And I'm, yeah. like, and I literally told her, I was, like, it's okay, mom we're cool like she's like Aww. i don't she's like i want to do better i don't want to perpetuate she's like i don't want to perpetuate negative stereotypes against sex workers i was like it's okay yes. <laughs> <laughs> no but it's i mean the fact that she voice. <laughs> yes but and then she she thought about it and she considered it and she was like i need i need you to hear this yeah no like, and i'm only laughing big. i'm only laughing because she was so serious about no, it and it's it, yeah. it, it a serious thing but it's not like it's like okay but it's like, your mom <laughs> like you know i was like what's going on like do you have cancer yes. like what's oh my lady? god like no she's fine she's yeah she's doing great but Oh, yeah, I love she, to hear that, that like mindfulness about speech and stuff mm-hmm. that she's, you know, thinking about these things. And yeah. especially for people who are like a little generation or two, like older than us, you know, she's only she's only uh, 17 years older than me. She had me really young. Oh, so okay. <laughs> actually, it's kind of funny Shit. because I because I think about it and it's kind of like I grew up while my mom was kind of still growing up. So, like, oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah, I still I teach her a lot of stuff. She's yeah, so definitely. Fu- she's learning a lot. Like she's been learning about stuff about sex work. She's been asking me about she's asking me about critical race theory, which is mm-hmm. very heavy. And so I've given yeah. her resources because I'm like mm-hmm. I've like given her examples and resources. And so she's she's doing her thing. She's doing what she's supposed to be doing. Yeah. She, I mean she's she's been doing the AAVE and now <laughs> the other day we were I think we were on the phone and and she goes she said a word and then she goes, I don't know. She, it was, I don't even remember. It was a slang word. She goes, I wanted to ask you, I don't know if that's AAVE, if I'm supposed to. And I was like, mom, you're fine. Like, you're cool. You're fine. Like, it's cool. You're good. You're not using AAVE. You're from, you're from the foothills of California. Like, you're cool. Um, that stands for African American vernacular English, right? I explained okay. it to her. I was like, it's like talking mm-hmm. like a black person when you're not a black person. She goes, mm-hmm. okay, I cannot do that. And I was like, yeah. So I'm very fortunate to have a very like 
respectful and loving mom yes like ask me questions (laughs) and this is what i was gonna say too is the fact that the fact that she's asking you questions she's not just like she's not just like looking at the you know right-wing discourse and being like no this is the way fox news told me blah 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 blah. she knows i would she's like asking you she knows i would pop off on her if she ever (laughs) i'm just kidding oh my god no she's very smart she's very anti-government she's so funny she's anti-government she's like i don't like the government and i'm like okay me either yeah well they're fucking up right <laughs> i don't now. know what they're we're bad. supposed to do about it <laughs> yeah that, not much just vote <laughs> try to get other people to vote but yeah so that but it is really cool that you have a supportive parent um you know obviously like a lot of sex workers don't a lot of queer people don't so there's yeah. a lot of crossover there um and so yeah what are what are your pronouns um she her they them yeah mostly she her i am gender questioning like gender Mm -hmm. queer but mostly in my personal life Mm -hmm. it's just a private thing for me um Mm -hmm. the reason i like don't the reason i say it's not for lita is because like Mm. it's just not something that i it's very personal to me and i still Mm -hmm. am not really even sure what to make of it yet and so like yeah i will i mean like i'll talk about it occasionally but like Mm -hmm. i just it's not a part of like her identity so yeah it's like my private identity or Mm -hmm. my personal identity and like Mm -hmm. like coming into sex work and like queer community has been really just like eye-opening for a lot of things like i never like a I just never thought I always thought I was just a weird outcast person. I never realized that I was so different and that there were other people that felt the same way that I do and liked the same things that I do. And I'm like a little neurodivergent. And so like a lot of queer people, I mean, like I'm not trying to clock anyone guys, but (laughs) we're kind of neurodivergent. We have a high population I would say so there is a a crossover and it has been very nice to meet other queer neurodivergent people yeah and to just be able to not have to like constantly correct myself or like worry about like oh did I do something awkward so yeah no I'm she her they them and I have a lot of like community in my personal life and then and then like as Lita I'm just like she her yeah. And I like being femme and I like dressing up mm-hmm. and like it's really fun. It's yeah. fun for me. It's like putting on like costume. Yeah. Yeah. Like like getting like extra femme. Yeah. Feels like yeah, feels like costume. I totally yeah, I get, uh, I get, get to that. go do it later today and I'm like excited about it. It's like fun. It's like a treat. Yeah. Yeah. What are you doing later today? Uh I have femdom for mm-hmm. a few hours and then i'm going to the yes. movies with a friend with my one with my one non-sex work friend yeah <laughs> <laughs> with my one friend that <laughs> but a fucking great conversation loved it love getting to know you and your story a little bit more and i would also love to have your perspective on a couple of advice questions that we've got questions from listeners yeah Let's go. And we are uh, here at the podcast in a state where we need more questions. I do not have enough coming in. Um, So if I want to keep this 
part of the content going, which I do. I feel like it's a very important part of the podcast. It is called Sage Advice. Um, <laughs> please send me your questions. It's sinsagepodcast at gmail.com. We will feature them on the show. So if you have anything you've been wondering about or any advice you've been seeking from uh, people who have sort of a more enlightened view on sexuality and relationships and sex work and porn and stuff like that, uh, please send your questions in sinsagepodcast at gmail.com. So the questions that we have today. Okay, let's do it. All right, let's do it. One of them is a little bit longer, so we'll do this one first. All right, so this is from P. Very well written as well, I must say. All right, hey Sin, my wife and I discovered we have a mutual interest in cuckold play, the sexy, non-problematic kind. She really enjoys being a hot wife, and I really enjoy letting her, receiving pictures, videos, etc. My question is this, cuckold play often has this whole lifestyle attached to it. There's a spontaneity inherent to the idea of being turned on by a cheating wife, etc. That spontaneity sort of assumes that either partner is always up for it or jones in for it. However, for me personally, when I'm not currently turned on and horny, sex and cuckoldry are the furthest thing from my mind. This has led to little sexual fender benders where my wife assumes I'm going to be all turned on by being cucked at a random moment, but where I'm tired or anxious about something or otherwise just totally not in the mood for that. This is something that we navigate with open communication. So already off to the right track okay. there. Uh, but I'm sort of having a hard time wrapping my mind around the idea of being very into a kink when I'm already horny, but being very disinterested when I'm not horny. So very, very yeah. into it when I'm horny, very dis when I'm not. Okay. And then there's, there's a little bit more here and it's a long question. Um, to I'm me, I <laughs> just to take note, take note, okay. <laughs> bookmark it. Mm, to me, I'm feeling like I'm sending mixed signals or being a bad sport, especially because I know if I were to just let go, I could probably get in the mood with a little effort. I know my consent and satisfaction are valid, but I'm more thinking about the fairness of this arrangement. If my wife is interested in the hot wife lifestyle, and if in some moments of passion, I tell her go whole hog into it, then how do I process my later sexual apathy when she makes good on those promises? To be clear, I don't dislike it. It's just like at the moment, sex isn't on my radar. Does the kink lifestyle need to be both parties to be max horny about it to work? Or should we be comfortable with her appetite exceeding my own as long as it doesn't make either of us feel excluded? Hope that wasn't too long. <laughs> no, I have. You're like more into the, the kink love, kind of lifestyle. I love cuckolding and, yeah. and I'm going to let you know right now, I do not enjoy personal life be ds dynamics which is kind of what yeah. you're describing not like you're describing what we would refer to as a dynamic which is like you have an agreed upon you would you would in a in a scenario where i would navigate this i would have an agreement with a, the partner in which i was engaging in the dynamic in this case the cuckold dynamic and where we would mm -hmm. we would establish clear uh, boundaries around like, hey, can I text you? When I text you, can it be at random? Hey, okay, if you don't want me to send you stuff at random, can I maybe send you like a little like, hey, are you in the mood to receive 
mm-hmm. like a sexy text or like are you or maybe you maybe you do something like I've started like private chats where like I'll send someone memes or photos but only on like Instagram and they'll go to Instagram and open them when they have the mental space yeah like they'll go to that group so it's like I can send them as much stuff as I want and they can mm-hmm. go and read it when they um, but I don't think are feeling the horniness you, or feeling in that zone. Yes, I don't yes. think you're you're there's no right or wrong way. The only way, like you said, is for your consent and her consent mm-hmm. and for mm-hmm. both of you to feel satisfied. And so I think me personally, I would just really think about do I want this to be a 24 seven dynamic? Yeah. What does that look like for me? And how do Mm -hmm. I want to communicate those rules? I think coming up with like a, either like a, Hey, can I send you this? Or like, Hey, send everything here. I love that. Like follow up with me. Like, Hey, I sent you Mm -hmm. some stuff. Yeah. That way you're not, because no, like nobody, nobody's 24 fucking seven. I swear to God. I would, I've, I, I don't identify as 24 seven anymore because Nobody, I don't think anybody's 24 seven. I think that no. life, your brain in life allows for so much that like you can't be on. Anyway, I'll let you answer your, your part, but that was. No, hard. no, but that, that was the very informed uh, answer but, came yeah. from a, an educated space. You know what I'm saying? I uh, obviously like I'm very versed in kink and, and all those things, but um, I don't engage in cuckold stuff in yeah. my personal life. Yeah. For me, so it's harder for harder for me to like relate to that um, as much, but I think from uh, even just from like an outside perspective, it's it's basically what you said. I mean, I just agree with that. I love that it's like, I mean, it just does sound like there needs there needs to be a boundary put in place, so so that you are never left feeling like you're inadequate for her desires. Cause I I'm like sensing a little yeah. bit of that too, right? Like like she's coming at you with it at anytime not doesn't sound like all times but like at any time and you are not at any time uh, ready and available for that to meet that same energy yeah and so like it seems like as it sounds too like you guys are already you have great communication i mean just being able to engage in cuckold and hot wife at all is like you have to have good communication yeah. for that to be working so like bravo to that part of that would just be hey I'm feeling this sort of uh, discordance within myself sometimes. And I, and I just love that idea of being like, let's make a space aside from just a, our text messages mm-hmm. where if I want to send you a random thing or be kinky in this way in this moment, you could put it in Instagram or WhatsApp or something that you don't have to look at immediately. And maybe you don't have your notifications turned yeah. on. It's like you decide when you want to go and check that. And maybe then that's when you do it when you're when you are then feeling that that horniness or that yeah. randiness at the same time. I like that. And it yeah. doesn't make you any less of like into the fetish if you're not twenty four seven. Like sometimes you know, sometimes I like to watch queer porn and sometimes mm-hmm. I like to watch BDSM. And sometimes mm-hmm. I like to watch solo and like that doesn't make it and like just because I'm over here watching a BDSM video doesn't mean that like I don't also like just getting railed. Like I don't right. know. So you no, don't exactly. have to subscribe to any rules. The only mm-hmm. rules are safe, sane, consensual and not hurting yeah. anybody else. So Yeah, for sure. I think you're on the right track. Yeah, I, I do too. I totally do. But um, 
But yeah, I think like making little boundaries like that so that then when you are more in that zone, it's like you can meet and be there together. And then you don't have to feel like, like you, again, like you're inadequate yes. or, or whatever. Um, because it's, because yeah, not everyone is fully feeling horny and ready to go at every possible moment. Like it's just, and I mean, yeah, like you said, it's me, just not that way. On another note, as someone who's into cuckolding, I'm like, that's hot. She could just go out and do her thing. And then you guys can mm -hmm. catch up later. Like that's exactly, there you go. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. And then to and then like, even then it's like, let's just talk about it when I am in the mood and we get mm -hmm. together and we're starting to have the sex that's just between the two of us. And then she talks about it to you. Like, like, damn, you know, like that's going to ramp yeah. it up. Uh, and that's, that's hot stuff right there. But yeah, like, and sometimes maybe you're not in the mood for the cucking. Like maybe you are yeah. in the mood for sex with your wife, yep. but it maybe you don't always want have to, to hear that. about it. Exactly. Exactly. And that's the thing too. Like, so asking about the kink lifestyle, it's like kink lifestyle is like, you're still a human being. And mm -hmm. so you can want what you want when you want it. And you know, when you're not feeling it, maybe you could even have like a, um, a safe word. To where if yeah. she starts talking about like the the kink stuff and you're not feeling it in that moment, you don't want to feel like a cuckold in that moment. Maybe you just want to feel that intimacy with your partner. You just say like mm, banana, and then she just knows like oh okay, not right now. We'll do it later. We'll do we'll it next do it time. Later. Whatever. But for this moment, it's just going to be you know about us or vanilla sex or how, whatever. That's the thing too about being a kinky person. Like I think that some people think that when you're kinky, it's like all of your sex, every single sexual encounter yes. you have must be kinky. It's like, no, <laughs> I get, I get, I get so many con Oh, this must be so, Oh, I'm like, it's I'm like, don't watch my you're porn. Like, right. <laughs> yeah. It's like, fuck, no, bro. Let's, let's just have sex. Let's just let's have just, you know, regular it's, ass it's, sex. It's fine. <laughs> I'll tell you if I'm bored. Right. You won't, you won't see me again. No, I'm just kidding. Right. No, regular ass sex is fun and delightful. Yeah. No, it can be fun. Yeah. I just, I just like to fuck. So it's cool. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I felt like that was a really great answer to the question. And that I was hope a good that, question. Yeah. It's a great question. Like I said, too, very well written. Uh, okay. One more. All right. So what, what to do if you find yourself in sticky situations? For example, your co-star has good chemistry with you. Next thing you know, they proposition you. What does one do? Is there a pro or con if one goes along with it or if one says, no thanks? Um, many people will also be surprised to know that sexual propositioning also occurs during non-sexual shoots, like fetish shoots. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure this is also a creator. And that even though we are mentally programmed to think only men do this sort of thing, lots of women do it. Oh, yeah. Lots of people do it. Mm -hmm. um, so the question is, what? I think it's like, how do you navigate that? Yeah, or kind of like, um, yeah, like if you're on set and maybe you're looking at it and thinking about it like this is work and a job, and then the other, your partner, maybe your so, same partner is like, can we take this into our personal lives and have an encounter that it way? It kind of just depends. So like 
my under so my my thing about this industry is like there is no hr there is no like pro like <laughs> there just isn't so like you yep, kind of have, have to, to be your, you have to be your own hr you have to be yes, the one going do. into it knowing like what are my boundaries you also yes. know that there is sort of an industry standard that everybody does kind of act as their own hr so like a lot yep. of the times when you're going into a shoot if they're good safe people to be shooting with the under mm-hmm. the, the agreement is sort of like hey you communicate to us your needs and your boundaries and we will respect them and we will communicate to you our needs and our boundaries and yep. where where that has fallen with this particular thing of like a co-star flirting with me or like mm-hmm. um specifically fluffing which is like in between right. like if you're doing a sex scene and the person one of the like so the person with the penis does need assistance um mm-hmm. like a lot of people will say like is that appropriate and again if i if the person asks me and it has to do with fluffing i absolutely will do it I, like yeah. i just want them to ask me right if the person if the person is interested in me offset or like is mm-hmm. interested in like fucking on the side which i have heard mm-hmm. of people doing and have seen mm-hmm. and it's fine and it's cool yeah. As long as both parties are cool with it and as long as like you're not including anybody in it that doesn't want to be there. And right. I have had other I have had directors give me feedback that they leave that up to the talent and as long as it's totally. not infringing on the shoot, like yes. you're you're on time, you're doing what you're supposed to be mm-hmm. doing, then like if mm-hmm. you guys fuck around or fool around. Now I will say right. people That's are gonna hit people are gonna hit on you on set and you mm-hmm. gotta know going into it what's my level me personally yes. i don't i don't get involved with people on set if i like yeah. someone or i vibe with someone or so, or we're friends or mm-hmm. you want to be my friend then like let's like connect and see where that goes but yeah. when i'm working i'm there to work i'm there yeah. i'm not there to play around i'm not there yeah. i have been in a situation um where somebody did not ask me they assume mm-hmm. they as they didn't force themselves on me so i want to be clear about that so nothing mm-hmm. thankfully nothing happened but they did we were left alone in the room and it was a fetish scene and they were the dom and i was the bottom and it was a sex scene and they pointed mm-hmm. at the bed and told me to lay down and tried to co- try to continue doming me without fucking asking me sorry i'm getting mad. right and I, yeah. I immediately got up and looked at them and said, what the fuck is wrong with you? No. And I and yeah. I went to the director and I communicated to the director like, hey, this happened. Um, mm-hmm. Me, I, and this is literally what I said. Hey, this happened. It made me feel really uncomfortable. I'm not really in a good mood. However, I've been paid and I'm here to do a job. Right. So like, let's just wrap this shoot up. And I'm trusting yeah. that you as the director will handle this in a, in a way because I don't want to handle it. And I, nothing yeah, happened. Yeah, you shouldn't I'm have fine. to. And I, mm-hmm. and I just want to be clear. I had already been paid. So like there wasn't, yeah. I had already been paid before mm-hmm. the shoot. Everything's fine. I had cash in hand, but yeah. like the director unfortunately didn't handle it and that, and that's fine. Um, but mm. I have heard different stories. I've heard that directors will handle it and will say to people yeah. like, Hey, just so you know, this made this person uncomfortable. So just forward be my, this is how I would handle it as a director. I'd be like, you need to be mindful and you need to ask people. Yes, it's your decision. So you need to make a decision going into it. Like, what do I what do I get into? What don't I get into on set? What are Mm -hmm. my boundaries? But you need to have that leniency of knowing that not everyone has the same boundaries as you. So just like me, I I know that I'm going to ask all the time, no matter what. However, when Mm -hmm. I was met with that situation, 
because I know my boundaries and because I know what is and isn't going to fly with me, it was easier for me to be like, no, that's not appropriate. Mm -hmm. So I just think doing that practice for yourself of like, do I hook up with people on set? Do I do fluffing? How do I feel about fluffing? Mm -hmm. Um, Do I need people to ask me? Do I flirt with people? Do I get Mm -hmm. involved with my coworkers? How far do I personally don't really do that? But right. unless, unless we're friends. Um, so mm-hmm. it's just, there is no HR. There is no rule. Again, kind of like this, it's like safe, sane, and consensual. And yeah. I think everybody going into the shoot needs to know if we're all just on the same page about like, we just ask and we don't right. shame other people for like. Yes. For asking. For asking. Yeah. Just in asking. an appropriate way. Like, hey, mm-hmm. do you like to eat ass? No, right. I don't. Okay. <laughs> and, just, and just saying, no, I don't. And then just be like, cool, right. that's cool. Never okay. mind. Can I eat yours? Can I eat your ass? Like, (laughs) and and I think that that's the thing that, like, I don't know. I do a lot of DIY, and like, I know you do too, Mm -hmm. and a lot of queer. And that is a thing that, like, you know, it makes a little different than being on like a um a a pro set, quote unquote. I mean, my sets are pro, but I just mean like the company. (laughs) I've been on a couple of studio sets, and I haven't been impressed. So that's just my personal opinion. I'm not talking shit. I know there are some really good people out there but my personal yeah. preference is i would just rather shoot with people that i know we're all on the same page we all want to be yes. there we all want to work mm-hmm. together we all have mm-hmm. a vision our yeah. content goals are aligned in a way that like mm-hmm. we're all going to make money off of it and like yep. everyone's safe anyway so that was yep. my response but how do you handle that like have you ever been in a situation where someone's tried to like I'm sure you have. <laughs> <laughs> well, part part of how I read this is um, so yes about like on set type stuff, and uh, I don't know. I don't want to sound like a bad guy, but I've been the one. <laughs> it happens. Not, you put your I don't, foot in your mouth. And, hold on. No, I don't. Hold on a second. I don't yeah. mean that I've okay. been the one who's like, um, I'm just gonna fucking eat your pussy right now, even though mm-hmm. we're not filming, and so you're gonna take it, bitch. Like, no. <laughs> No, uh, no, but like, you know, there's a, uh, one particular thing goes, comes into my mind and it was a big orgy and it was a super fucking long day. It was all lesbian and like, but I had a more special relationship with one of the people than everyone else. And we had worked together so many times before. And like when we work together, it is more intimate Mm -hmm. than when I work with some other people we had you know, I will always consider it like sort of a special connection. Yeah. Um, and you know, it, we we're just waiting around for so fucking long. And I, I guess I was kind of fired up and I was feeling kind of horny and like she was too. And, um, so yeah, like I just, you know, she was receptive to it and yeah. no one was mad or uncomfortable. I mean, it was just like a horny fucking shoot and I was going down on her and nobody else, nobody yeah. was seeing. I think somebody like got a camera and was hiding and filming us. and I didn't even know, but, uh, but that was fine too, because I was totally on set, for, like whatever's going on today, like I'm here for it. So, um, I, I look back on that with a fond memory and I'm still in touch with this person. And like, she does too, yeah. like nobody's mad about it. And I, so I think it just is about that. It's about like making sure that there's consent, making sure that you're not, um, eating into the time where it's like, mm-hmm. okay, now everyone's waiting around for you to finish what you're doing yeah. so that we can do the work. No, you have and, to be on top of the work. And knowing that it is okay to have fun at work and like, it doesn't mean totally. it doesn't mean like you're literally having sex. Totally. You want to have a yes. good time. 
and yes. and like that's totally fine and if that right. and, and like I've also been in situations where we have to pause in the middle of the sex but like I'm giving a blowjob and I keep giving a blowjob and it's fine and right it's cool. and we're both where we check in and it's like I'm gonna keep sucking mm-hmm. your dick you know yes. like it's fine and especially <laughs> if you're working with like a, a person person with a penis and the penis has to be hard it's like we all know in the business like it's just help keep the penis hard for you know it, like if the guy's not or if the person isn't being like a total fucking dick about it and just like using you like a cock sleeve then you know it's like it's like <laughs> this will make all of our lives easier it will right? that's the main thing everyone's day will be easier if we could just keep this thing hard and like let's just keep go. things going and like get it done yeah, but, <laughs> but i mean it's okay to have those steamy moments of like we're just gonna keep yes. fucking while you reset the camera is that cool Hell if we keep yes. fucking and like yeah and I've that's what What's cool about the job too is like there is this space for you to actually make real connections with someone while you're having this on-screen sex like and if you get that and you want to keep going and it's like we're into this then fuck yeah and that's the fire shit right there like I think that's the best stuff and people can't people can't understand that connection of like having really good sex with somebody and then just like it just being and then just like bye and then just like bye I'll see you later and like like yeah, there mm-hmm. are moments. Like there, there are times like, I've had really good time. times on set, and I'm like, man, I yeah. really liked fucking that person today, totally. and like I'm really yeah. attracted to them, and that's yeah. fine. Yeah, it's. Totally I'm, I'm not going to go out of my way to like hit on them and make them uncomfortable, but like they're right. hot, and I had a really good yeah. time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, but since I kind of think I know who this person is, I think it's a little bit more about like um being on set and maybe not even doing sex scenes like maybe you're doing wrestling and you're doing yeah like, and someone stuff. who's flirting with you they're feeling you and then they're come come out at the end of it like so um do you want to hook up or do you want to go have dinner like maybe another time mm-hmm. and i have to say that like my opinion on that is really just what do you want to do yeah, <laughs> i mean like, it's like do you, are you attracted to them do you want that if you do say yes here's my number let's have a date let's figure it out like what and that's the other thing too is like you don't have to make that decision like if you if you're Mm -hmm. fresh off the set and they're like hey do you want to go you could just be like hey can i give you my number and like give yourself you don't have to say no Mm -hmm. or say yes like life you know i feel right there i feel like we get these feelings of like we have to be pressured and if somebody pressures you like if you tell them like yes can i get then that's a red flag and like absolutely totally. just don't don't talk to them anymore that's but like no. they should be able to be receptive of like hey like can i t- can i text you later i actually might be down to like right. but like because yeah no there's about- there's nothing wrong with it again as long yeah. as you're not hurting anyone you're not violating yes. anyone's boundaries and yes. everybody has their own boundaries so you also yep. have to you also have to understand that you might unintentionally sometimes like some people just have that boundary that they never want to be hit on on set. Yeah, but totally. you don't. You don't. You maybe don't know that that's their boundary. Mm-hmm. Maybe right. you don't know that, and mm-hmm. so you go up to them and you are in a totally respectable, appropriate way. So you say, yep. "Hey, I think you're really cool. Mm-hmm. I I would like. I think we'd hit it off. Would you like mm-hmm. to da 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 da? You haven't done anything wrong. No, but their boundary, there that's just their boundary, and they didn't communicate it to you. So how did you right. know? So exactly. you got you got to also just understand that we live in world we're humans, and like yeah, you just gotta you gotta make you just gotta know that as long as you're doing the right thing and you're not hurting mm-hmm. anyone, like mm-hmm. sometimes you're gonna step on someone's toes, and you just have yeah. to let it go. Yes, exactly. Like, yes. And I feel like that too. I mean, it's like what out in the real world, aside from dating apps, 
how do people meet people that they want to date or hook up with? Oh, God, I mean, a, a lot hard. of times it's a lot of times it's work. And that's all we're doing here with each other. We're fucking yeah, colleagues. It's, so it's work or so like yeah. these are like the people that you surround that you are around the most are the people we were that you just work saying with, and that's in sex I was work just too. saying it earlier. It becomes so much of your life because you're in exactly. these space you're in these spaces. And you do and that being said, you will run into these things where you date the same people and you fuck the oh, same people. Yeah. Oh yeah. And and you got that's that's why it is so important that as long as it is not related to somebody getting getting hurt or somebody like stealing from someone mm-hmm. you gotta let shit go because mm-hmm. you don't want to be that person that's difficult to work with because you won't work with every other girl that your boyfriend is banged right stuff like that. so yeah. i'm just saying it's yeah. it, we have to be like, our own hrs we have to right. be those people that set our own yeah. standards about mm-hmm. like i'm gonna let this shit slide off my back Right. This person hit on me and I don't really like that I got hit on, but they, they didn't really hurt me or do anything wrong. Yeah. I told them not to do it again. If they do it again, it's going to be Smackdown city, but until they totally. do it again, but until they do it again, give people the, ch- the cool. benefit of the doubt. Yeah, yeah, I try totally. to do it because people put their, fo- I put my foot in my mouth sometimes. Of course we all do. It happens. So, but that's yeah, the I- thing too. So yeah. And if you're talking about like a pro or a con, if you know, someone says yes or someone says no, thanks. I mean, it's just like, the, the pro is, you know, if, if you say, if you say yes, and it's like a coworker and you are into them and mm-hmm. you want to do it, then the pro is you're doing something you want to do. Yeah. The con would be, you know, if you don't want to do it, then please don't do it. Yeah. Like, just, don't do you know, it. Just, just say no. It's just like being propositioned in any other scenario. And I mean, it, it really is. It really is. And just yeah. the only thing is, is you can't control other people. So again, yep. like you can tell someone no. And yep. they have to receive it. And if they choose mm-hmm. not to receive it with grace, that's not on you. No, that's on them. Because that's happened For to me. For sure. That's yeah. totally happened to me. Totally. I've had to tell someone mm-hmm. I'm not, in, like literally I've had to tell someone I'm I not know. interested in you and they did not yeah. receive it with grace and they got mm-hmm. the smackdown. So. Good. Yeah. As they should. They, I'm like, they got in trouble. So <laughs> you know what? Like that you just, you got to be your own HR. You got to be the one that's like, it's listen, true. bro, this is. Mm-hmm. This is the SmackDown City. If you don't, if you don't, yeah. if you violate my boundaries, yeah. <laughs> and that's sort of like the overall answer. I will yeah. say for for myself, it's like I work with a lot of women that I'm very that I find very attractive, and I all I ever do really is like put it out there, like I'm available. So it's up to you if you want to take <laughs> me up on it or not. Like I'm available, like we are available, Drake and I together. If just, just, you know, just putting it out there. That's all. That's it. And there, I'm not pressuring you. I'm not saying, come on, don't you want to? Like I would it's never. So, it's so I funny because I came from those, I came from those um, kind of parties where it would mm-hmm. be people being like, oh yeah, because I was younger and I was an adult, mm-hmm. obviously. Yeah. I wasn't a minor yeah. going to play parties. Yeah. But like <laughs> I was the young, hot woman and mm-hmm. like all of these like couples, all ages. And like mm-hmm. I have been in those situations where, yeah, I feel the pressure. So I do feel like I've had a lot of um experience with like what it feels like to not say no, what it feels like to right. like to not really know and to not want to hurt people's feelings. And I mean, where I land at is like, at the end of the day, my feelings are also important. And so, you know, like, 
I and I and and we're allowed to enjoy our jobs. And I've worked with people yeah. where I'm like, they're really fucking hot, and I really mm-hmm. I would be interested in them, but their boundary is this, or I'm just not really gonna cross that threshold. Right. Yeah. Um. But yeah. But I mean, it worked out well for us because we were like at a party and we were having fun. That was so fun. And see, there are are people that I like to get down with. And that's why I'm unique is like my my non-sex work people will ask me like, how do you do that? And I'm like, I don't know. Like you can just have really good sex with somebody and still be their friend. It's Yes. It's fine. It's so easy. Yeah. It's okay. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, but that's the other thing that I think is like the benefit sometimes of um, having like a, and we did film ours and like, you know, we did monetize it and stuff, but we just set up, we just set up phones and we were just like, had fun. We just had fun with it. Yeah. And that's what I I love. I love that. It was spontaneous and it was a great fucking time. And I love like, honestly having, um, like sexual encounters with people outside the industry. It almost never, I would say never happens for us anymore. Like, and that's what I love mm. about it is like I feel safe having a threesome with someone who's in the industry before someone who isn't a billion times over yeah. all day long because we do compartmentalize like that. Like we, we, we can just have a great time, have orgasms together, have fun, and then it's just like, okay, bye. So are we also, shooting on Monday? Like it's all yeah. good, you know? And you also there's no know expectations. That there's no expectations that everyone mm. is going to do the best that they can to just like be chill, be communicative, be safe. You don't have exactly. to worry about We're all that tested. shit. My mm-hmm. whole thing is too, is like, I'm in that weird place right now where like, I'm not dating, but I want to get laid. But mm-hmm. I want to do it in my personal life. But I also yeah. am like being picky because I do not want to go As get involved me. with anyone. Yes. And be I want to be, be careful about picking from. I hate saying the work pool because sex mm-hmm. work is such a big part of my life that it is more than just work. It yeah. is like a status of my life. So it is yeah. very important to me that people like it has, that's something that's become a value to me is like, absolutely. I would definitely love to explore this with someone who is a sex worker. However, I need mm-hmm. to be careful about like, it kind of ties into the question that we just had of like, I need to be careful about navigating that like, hey, I just want to fuck right now. I'm not really yes. in a place where I want to date. And that's something right. that is a commitment to me is like, if I meet someone that I do have a connection with, that I am honest with that person. And I'm like, hey, yeah. I really like you, but I can't date right now. So like, yeah. like that's something that I that sex work has taught me is like communication yes. and, and being uh-huh. like, hey, I actually really do like you, but I'm not in a place to receive that. I will be in a place to receive that in the future. Or yeah. like I, so I guess I'm in that place right now where I'm like, I really want to have sex with someone, but I am being really shy about it because I don't know who <laughs> and I don't know how and I like don't want to yeah. push it. Right. I'm all like, I sound like a virgin. I'm like, I had sex today. It's fine. But it was for work. So it's like, I know. and then people can't, people that don't do it can't understand it. I'm like, it's I not know. the same. I'm going to have I know. sex. I'm going to have sex in an hour or two. Right. It's not the same. Like, no, it's not. And that doesn't mean that I get zero pleasure from yeah. it. Like, I get tons of pleasure from it. Tons. It's I so just much want that fun intimacy and it's great. But of it's it being missing. for fun. 
Yes. And like and when the no... lens is there, even if it's just a tripod, like it's still a lens there. And that just inherently turns it into a performance. So even though, and that's the thing that people struggle so much uh, recognizing that like not everything is a dichotomy. Like it's either this or this. Like, no, there's no. blended crossover. It's all of those things. It's like a painting. Like it's fine. It's so many different things. And like, yeah. I, just, <laughs> I know it'll come, but yeah, I'm like, I. I gotta go yeah, I'm like will. I gotta work today and have sex but it's not I'm still craving that like I just want to hang that out intimacy. with some I want to hang out with somebody yeah that I enjoy that doesn't annoy me mm-hmm. and vice versa because right. I would hope that they would also enjoy my company yeah and, like we're chill and I also don't have to worry about like you being weird about my job or like about where I'm at <laughs> in my life exactly. so like mm-hmm. it's yeah. hard I don't know yeah. how people meet I like I don't know because yeah, I don't like. I don't want to go to the bar and meet people because, like, not gonna lie, I like to have a drink now and then, but like, I don't want to meet people at the bar, so I don't know what right. to do. You know what? Just I'm just gonna keep just breathe. chilling, and it's and the thing. But will that's come. just kind of the struggle you. of being sex workers. Like, you yes. gotta you gotta protect your energy and your time, and yeah. so you do have to like really scale down on like who do I allow in my space. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. 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 Important. Oh my goodness. Wow. We went oh, wow. a little, a little <laughs> oh, no. bit longer. Did we? That's Oops. totally okay. I, we've, no, we have a few long ones. That just means it was going really well <laughs> and it totally did. I loved it. So, uh, but before we sign off, uh, my listeners would love to know like where they can find your stuff, where they can support you financially and buy your products. Yeah. <laughs> so you can pretty much find all of my porn under my porn name, which is Lita, L-I-T-A, Lecherous, L-E-C-H-E-R-O-U-S, like a lech, like a lecherous man. <laughs> uh, and um, that's the same thing with my Twitter is um, just at Lita Lecherous, my name, my website, LitaLecherous.com. I also have gothgf.com. That's right. Gothgf.com is me. You can join my loyal fans. I post full videos two a week. It's $25 a month. I don't delete them. You can't download them, but you can look at all of them and you can get discounts and cool shit. And it's pretty popping over there. I've got like, you know, I like loyal fans, but that's my main fan club. And then you can buy my clips on my website or any of my stores. So, yeah. Lita Lecherous. So, I'm very findable with that name. Yeah. Lita Lecherous.com. And then is it loyalfans.com slash Lita Lecherous? Yeah, but if you just type in gothgf.com, it'll take you right oh, to my right. loyal fans. Right, it'll right, take right. you right there and it'll be right there with my beautiful face and probably some nudes. Yeah. And there's all kinds of stuff on there. Like I got the I got the queer porn on there. I've got yes. some boy girl, some kink, some femdom. Like I've got I've got it all. So Yes, the wide array. Love it. Perfect. Well, everyone, make sure you go out there and you find Lita Lecherous and check out their stuff. And also, I'm just going to throw it out there one more time. Please send me your questions. SinSagePodcast at gmail.com. You got to send them in because you guys are missing out. Like sex workers do not want to be asked questions. So like you're just, we're always like, don't fucking ask us about our jobs. <laughs> and now we're like, ask us. come on, send her some questions. Yes, like, direct it this way. <laughs> this is your time to shine. Yes. And of course, I'm making stuff all the time. I love making custom videos. 
Uh, I love, you know, producing clips and I've got all my clip stores. So sin-sage.com, although sinsage.com will also take you there. Uh, that's my personal free website where you can see all the stuff that I do. You can find out about ordering custom videos that um, we produce for you. And you can find out about where all my clip stores are, my adult time channel, my Pornhub channel, all of those things. So it's pretty much always just Sin Sage. Uh, please follow me on TikTok. I'm trying to build that up. I'm real Sin Sage on TikTok. I am real Sin Sage on Instagram. I'm still using the Twitter thing a little bit here and there. And I'm just Sin Sage there. Hopefully soon. Um, Blue Sky will be an app I can have on my phone and then I can just transfer over there. That'd be great. Uh, but anyways, thank you all so much for listening. Thank you so much, Lita, for being such a wonderful guest. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And now everybody just get out there and live authentically. Love you. Have a good yes, day. Bye. Go be sexy. Mm-hmm. <laughs>